we have license to really speak uh, to the nostalgic business because we've been around so long, we can credibly talk about you know, kind of how these trends have evolved and how this art can be um, interpreted into different categories. So we've taken the nostalgic component and um, tried to carry it through these other collections throughout other seasons. This is The Safari. The Safari is a tour around the consumer, brand, and retailing industry. And we have the great privilege here at my company, Traub, to really be exposed to many of the great minds of the industry who are forming and shaping the future of many different parts of the consumer, brand, and retail world. And I felt it was quite interesting for us to be able to not only learn from all of those people as we do every day, but uh, memorialize it into a podcast, which could then be shared with many of our friends and clients and, and you, obviously, the listener. Today, we are speaking to the CEO of Mr. Christmas. I like to consider him Mr. Christmas himself, Evan Berkeley, who is with us today to discuss all things holiday season, to explain how his 85-year-old company that's been really you know, one of the heartstrings of the American Christmas and holiday season um, can really you know, show us how things can change over an 85-year period uh, and iterate as you go. Uh, Evan was originally uh, from the industry, but also an investor in Mr. Christmas, and then decided or was asked to, to help lead the initiative. And um, it's my pleasure to have him here today and uh, celebrate Mr. Christmas together. Mr. Christmas, Evan, how are you? How are you, Morty? Thank you so much for the invitation. Thrilled to be here. I'm really happy, really happy to have you here, especially in December. And uh, and as we sit in a rather grim time, it is as at this recording though uh, there is light um, with the uh, va- the vaccines being uh, trans being being shipped all over the country for the first time. So at this recording, we're in a Pretty good place, um, but a little bit of time to go. How are you, and uh, and how how's everything going with your fine business? Everything's great. Yeah, we are very excited, uh, obviously, about today and seeing people vaccinated around the country. It's a great day for everybody, and um, certainly we are in the midst of uh, you know the last few weeks of holiday and uh, doing everything we can to make sure that people are able to celebrate and get their uh, get their last minute decorations there on time. So, speaking of um, of Mister Christmas. Give the uh, two-minute overview of your awesome company, which I absolutely adore because it's, it's to me, a business that provides top spin to the whole season. It's really something that um, not only for children, but for the whole family is just an absolute joy and delight. And I know you have collectors and then you have, uh, you know, iterated and done partnerships with Amazon. I mean, you've, got, you've come from the most traditional of traditional holiday businesses and, and iterated uh, into all these different areas. Give us um, the summary of where you've come from and where you are, and then we'll obviously dig into some of the details. Sure. No, I am, uh, you know, thrilled to be able to uh, have the opportunity to speak about our company that we are so passionate about. And I've been um, a fan of the Mr. Christmas business and brand for a long time. My partners were friends before they were partners. And um, so I've admired the business from afar. And uh, I'm now fortunate enough to have the opportunity to help run it. So uh, Mr. Christmas has been around since 1933. And uh, the first 
you know, 70 or 80 years of the business is really focused on um, exclusively higher end collectibles to better department stores and independent stores with a real focus on trying to find ways to add, um, you know, animation, innovation, and technology to a lot of um, collectible pieces in the Christmas space. And then over the last 10 or 15 years, the business has really evolved to a much wider audience that includes um, a wider range of retail distribution, including mass mid-tier department stores and television, but also um, a very expanded product base that now includes a lot of animated product and product that appeals to, you know, we like to say eight to 88 or, you know, a much wider range of customers, including my, uh, my teenage daughter, who was thrilled this weekend to see one of the biggest social media stars um, broadcasting one of her items on her story, which was very exciting. Are we not allowed to say who that is? Uh, Kylie Jenner. Was ah, there we go. Well, apparently, uh, yeah, exactly. was apparently very excited with one of our animated uh, Santa climbers, which was a very exciting thing for the company. And so, if I'm not mistaken, were you also not in the um, Neiman Marcus catalog? Yes, we. Um, yeah, so the the company um, you know has really focused over the last five or ten years on really taking our brand and building it out across tiers. So we are very fortunate this year to partner with Swarovski and to build uh, two Swarovski carousels that were featured in Neiman Marcus. Um, two sizes, one of them up to a thousand dollars retail, which really to us shows the strength and the breadth of our brand and being able to appeal to a very wide range of customers from you know, um, people looking for fun novelty pieces, including our animated pieces, up to the higher end collector and um, exciting brands, you know, who we can collaborate with like Swarovski. So isn't the moral of that story sort of interesting that, you know, the power of this holiday allows for a brand that is the, the, the king or queen of its category within the holiday to be able to operate in every channel of distribution to be both at Neiman Marcus and at Walmart. Isn't that an interesting academic thing to, to talk about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we feel very blessed to have the opportunity to participate and to um, be featured in both of those stores as well as um, many other key retail partners in between. And I think it does speak to the strength of our brand. You know, we really feel like um, in our category, you know, which we consider all seasonal decor, not just Christmas, that, um, you know, that we stand for kind of better best in that category, that we're constantly striving um, to innovate and to bring, you know, um, unique product to whatever market we're in, um, which could be Walmart or other mass stores um, up to and including the higher end collector who for, you know, 80 plus years has looked to us as kind of that premier item in their assortment. And, um, you know, we will continue to strive to service both markets. So describe a little bit some of the, the key items that you have. I mean, obviously you have a pretty broad assortment, but you just described the Santa climber, which is Santa Claus climbing up and down the, tr- the tree <laughs> on a ladder, uh, mechanical, um, mechanical underpinnings to that. Can you sort of elaborate? I mean, I know there are music boxes. Talk a little bit about sort of some of your hero products and some of the extensions. Sure. So you know, the company tends to focus on, um, you know, on better decor items, right? So that could be anything from um, something with animation, lights, sounds, any other technology, presence activation, um, you know, up to and including a lot of ceramics and uh, nostalgia is a big piece of our business. We also have an outdoor uh, component focusing on taking some of our better decor items and bringing them outside the home. We launched a uh, tabletop, a ceramic tabletop business this year with great excitement and one that we're continuing to build out. And we also, um, you know, have launched several other uh, brands now that the Mr. Christmas, you know, Halo of, Halo of brands has been established. We've established Mr. Halloween, uh, Mr. Cottontail for Easter, and several others trying to expand on the uh, our core concepts and you know, key items throughout the year. 
yeah, and presumably distribution. I mean, you, you, if you know the buyers within these different uh, groups, then you can show them something else. So elaborate a little bit on, on what you do for Halloween and for Easter and, and et cetera. Yeah, so we've really looked at um, you know, trying to take items that are really uh, proprietary to Mr. Christmas, either through patents that we own or technologies that we feel like we utilize uh, more effectively than others in the category, and then thought about how to take something that works in one uh, season and translate it to others. And some works better than others. There are some that are naturals, um, and there are some where you know, the hand or the design element that it takes to do Christmas really well, which is something we've done for a long time, um, takes a while to kind of learn in these other categories. So um, you know, nostalgia, as an example, is one that we feel like we kind of own, you know, that we have license to really speak uh, to the nostalgic business because we've been around so long, we can incredibly talk about you know, kind of how these trends have evolved and how this art can be um, interpreted into different categories. So we've taken the nostalgia component and um, tried to carry it through these other collections throughout other seasons. And then there are things, um, you know, like our animated climber that, um, you know, once Santa's climbing up a ladder, as long as you can figure out a way to you know, make it look right, then there's no reason why a ghost or a goblin or, you know, maybe even a, you know, a bunny can't climb up a ladder. Yeah. So the, the nostalgia thing, I think is, is so important. And we often talk about this here at, at, at Traub, this notion that the businesses that we focus on are the ones that have earned their brand equity over decades versus bought it, purchased it over years, right? So you can buy brand equity by advertising and, and, and raising venture capital, or you can have it in the collective subconscious of the consumer because of 85 years of repeating the same thing well over and over again and, and reputation being repetition, as we as we all know. Um, and so talk a little bit about the power of that brand because, you know, at first glance, people might say it's Mr. Christmas, fine, but it's what one does with a name, right? So you have been around for so long, and, and it's allowed you to flex that sort of IP muscle, that that partnership muscle to bring that 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 brand, Mr. Christmas, which you would think is just the word Christmas with the word Mr. But when you put them together and you have 85 years behind it, it means a whole lot more than than those two words. So talk a bit about the partnerships that you've done over the years, you know, Amazon being one of them. I'm sure there are a few others that we can touch on that would not have been possible without that that nostalgic history. Uh, that you bring to the table? Yeah. So, you know, we really feel like, um, you know, having been in this business for 85 years and serving as kind of that better, best piece within people's assortments, um, you know, both the retailers' assortments and, you know, hopefully the home consumer, that um, you know, we've established some credibility in the category. And um, that gives us the license or right to kind of strategically think about how to expand and build out the brand. And that's what we've been um, embarking on over the last few years. I think, um, you know, to the extent that we have literally millions of people that have collected our products over the years um, and for whom our item becomes that item they pass down from generation to generation, I think has new customers looking at our brand a little bit differently, recognizing that this is the special piece they used to love, that they used to see at their mother's or grandmother's home, um, and then coming out and looking for new versions of our pieces. But I also think that um, you know the technology that we've continued to embed in our pieces kind of creates this... Um, continual process of people looking to go back and update their version of their favorite item with new lights or new technology or something about it that makes it feel uh, unique and special. And, you know, as far as um, our brand effort to really speak to the consumer, you know, it's really um, a relatively new uh, endeavor for us to speak directly to the consumer over the past few years. Up until that point, we'd been speaking to the consumer through, um, you know, cards we'd put in boxes asking for feedback 
And you know, through television, we've had a lot of branded programming on television, but we haven't really been reaching out to the consumer or engaging with them. Over the past few years, we've started to do that a little more and have found that um, even with our own website, that just putting it out there and standing it up um, created an opportunity, an entry point for customers to reach out to us, let us know what they were thinking and looking for, and um, you know, obviously engaging with our product and our brand more directly. And how old is your e-commerce business? Uh, this is our second season. Oh, that's, that's great. You know, but, but we launched in 2018 with um, no fanfare, no marketing efforts at all. Um, you know, literally, we put a sign up at the end of November just to kind of see what would happen. And we had 150,000 sessions the first month without any SEO, SEM, any real in-house understanding about what to do with this site other than we wanted to engage with consumers. So um, since that point, we've, uh, you know, made a more robust effort to try to, um, you know, create a platform for customers to engage with our product, understand what we're doing, but we're really not um, aggressively marketing direct to consumers of yet. We're really trying to support our retail partners as best we can. So you just talked about the uh, your second season. Uh, seasons for you are very different than they are for the rest of us uh, in the consumer industry. For those who are listening, who are used to you know literally seasons uh, that are that change products every six months, maybe every three months in some areas of the industry, um, you are planning you know obviously a year out. Give a little flavor for what it's like to be in such a seasonal business to those who are not used to it. Yeah, so it's um, it's certainly a challenge. I mean, you know, as I think you said earlier, I came from. Um, you know, the fashion industry where, um, you know, things were happening a lot faster that, you know, it was a lot easier to impact um, a business and, um, you know, the calendar was significantly shorter. Here, we're working on next Christmas and in many cases, finalizing next Christmas as we speak before this Christmas has even happened. So, um, you know, it gives you kind of, you know, one bite at the apple. And, you know, a lot of cases you have to plan early and hope for the best. And um, so in that respect, you know, being that it's our second season, we, um, you know, learned from the first, had some quick, you know, pivots. It's the word of the year from business people, some quick pivots and tried to adapt to the next season. But for this year, it's really been, um, you know, more kind of dodging and weaving and trying to get through the year as best we can as we now plan into next year. So it requires a lot, um, a lot more planning, a lot more, um, you know, focus and the, um, Additional advantage that we've had with adding these other businesses, Mr. Halloween, Mr. Cottontail, are other opportunities to engage with the customer and get sell-through data. You know, one of the big differences in this business and many others is by the time we have our real sell-through data, you know, for this holiday, we've already finished planning. We've certainly finished product development, and in most cases, we've finished planning for even next holiday. So, um, as best we can, getting items out into store in different seasons and learning what the customer likes and testing different concepts will potentially help us think about ways to do more continuous product development. And, and presumably from a B2B perspective, as you're talking to your retail partners, you have to be one of a small handful of companies that truly help them add some topspin to the whole season because of the way you can merchandise the whole store and have multiple environments where you can be displayed or double exposed or maybe triple exposed across the store. How do they use you, um, A, to bring life to their stores, one. And two, have you seen, given the state of the world uh, mid-pandemic, um, that they have leaned on you more or maybe is it the same as before? Um, to answer your question, yes, that's certainly the plan and hope. I mean, I think that, um, you know, in general, I mean, if you think about your know, retail in general, and you're obviously a, you know, a great student of the retail business, you go into a department store or a mall and visiting Santa Claus was kind of the first experiential retail moment, right? You know, so I think that, as that um, you know becomes a bigger and bigger focus for retailers in trying to find ways to create excitement in departments and draw people in, 
we believe that um, you know the Chris department or seasonal in general is a great opportunity to do that, and specifically that our products that um, tend to evoke emotion have sounds, lights, music, draw attention um, are those you know staple core anchor items that these stores can be using to continue to drive traffic and create excitement in departments. We um, over the last couple of years have really, as we've you know kind of focused our brand message and story and started to really. Um, think about how to leverage that brand and market that brand. Um, we've created much more impactful retail presentations in store than we had in years past, and we're seeing the benefit of it in um, increased sell through and um, you know, we hope increased store presence. So, certainly in general, we're excited about that and think it's a great opportunity. Specifically, as it relates to this year, you know, as you know, um, you know, this has been a very unique and hopefully one you know that we don't go through again for a long, long time. But um, as opposed to other departments and um, and industries where people were constantly pivoting throughout this year. As I said before, we really feel like we were just kind of dodging bullets. And um, in a lot of cases, these stores had to make decisions prior to or at the very beginning of the pandemic and uh, and then kind of hope for the best given the calendar, uh, either production cycle and the calendar that these seasonal departments tend to be um, operated under. So in that respect, a lot of these decisions were made early and we've um, been the beneficiary of these stores betting on People wanting to celebrate and having the opportunity in the back half of the year to um, to be in stores and to be able to you know be able to decorate their homes, which fortunately we've been able to do. We'll be right back. I want to take a second to explain to you why Traub is able to bring you the safari. We pride ourselves in being at the very center of a very global, very complicated consumer and retail landscape, and in our travels as we help think, manage, and expand businesses in many different channels and geographies. We're able to meet and learn from some of the great minds in this industry, and it's really wonderful to be able to bring them to you. And in doing so, I hope that you, the listener, will be able to learn a little bit more about what we do at Traub as well. Back to the safari. And so what are some of the feedback that you're hearing from, you know, obviously the the retailers, again, who are your um, the, the, one of your, your historical touch point, I should say, uh, to the consumer. Now you have a, a, a two-year-old direct-to-consumer business, so you're seeing a lot of this yourself. You even spoke about the engagement from the first week. Um, but what are you um, noticing or what, what are some anecdotal um, bits of information that sort of can maybe shed a light on the psychology of the consumer today, uh, if there are any things that jump to mind? Well, you know, there's obviously been a lot of, uh, a lot of talk and a lot of articles about um, you know, the, uh, certainly in general, how well home is done and home decor is done in general this year, but specifically the demand for seasonal decor and specifically Christmas and lights and trees and, uh, you know, that they're in short supply. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that a lot of these decisions were made, uh, these buying decisions were made in March and April when, uh, people were being, you know, the retailers were being extra cautious. So certainly they cut back on the margins while, you know, the demand has increased as people, you know, want to make this holiday season as special as possible. So we're seeing increased demand um, and, and a decrease in supply, which is creating obviously very high sell throughs. And um, from the onset, as soon as these um, departments were set, significant um, enthusiasm at retail. So we saw that in Halloween sales, which is actually really amazing because, um, you know, as we know, Halloween wasn't celebrated nearly the way that um, it normally is. And Halloween sell throughs were extremely strong. And then that's carried through to Christmas, where the sell-throughs have um, far exceeded uh, last year and expectations. The um, 
the, the collector, which I always find to be a really interesting consumer because there's an underlying passion that keeps on bringing them back um, every year, which obviously the holiday does anyway. The holiday keeps on coming back. But their enthusiasm for the collection of an, a new item uh, presumably is an interesting part of the, part of the business, um, whether it's to you know create uh, scenes underneath the tree or adjacent to it. How how do you um, market to that um, nerve, as it were, in the consumer to almost convert someone from a one-time buyer to a collector so that you're creating this lifetime value, which is, the, I guess, the holy grail uh, of our industry? Um, yeah, we certainly think that um, you're absolutely right and that that's a very, very big opportunity for, um, for companies like ours and for Mr. Christmas as we move forward. Um, I think we've done it um, almost by accident over the years by having a series of collections where we would periodically introduce a new version um, or a new item without real strategy about um, you know, the timing of those introductions and when to remove items from the market. But we have created this sense that customers are out looking for our latest carousel or our newest Ferris wheel or um, you know, a piece to add to their nostalgic assortment. Over the last few years, we've been um, more strategic in our product introductions and specifically, as it relates back again to that nostalgia piece, we've been thinking about um, how the Mr. Christmas brand plays into items like you know, the village world, where people collect these village items over and over again, or um, our nostalgic ceramics, which we think have become a real collectible. There was um, In the 60s and 70s, people used to make these nostalgic ceramic Christmas trees that they would make themselves and start the lights themselves. And um, they're items that people really remember from their childhoods. And we introduced uh, this concept you know, five or six years ago with great success. And since then have launched new colors, sizes, variations on a theme um, over the last few years with, uh, you know, with strong success and have started to think about how to start to remove or limit some of these items so they do become true collector's items. So as the CEO of a company that is, um, I would say by, by any measure, uh, quite a, um, a treasure to those who care for it, right? And those who are the consumers that collect of it, um, how do you balance being a traditional uh, collector's item business with all the nostalgia and all the things that go with that, and then trying to innovate to appeal to a younger, more digitally savvy customer? And, you know, I was very impressed last year when you did um, an Alexa Christmas tree uh, branded as you. And it, it, it but, but then again, you must have had a decision whereby you're like, okay, look, we can't just keep on doing the same old thing. We have to appeal to the new, um, but at the risk of potentially upsetting the old guard. So how, how did, how do you make these decisions about being relevant yet staying nostalgic and old school? Um, yeah, you know, I think that, um, you give us too much credit for saying that we're doing it strategically. It might be a little bit of throwing a bunch of stuff up against the wall and seeing what sticks. But I think that, um, what really excites us as a company um, is that you know we do sit kind of at the crossroads of a lot of these things within the seasonal world, and I think that um, we do feel that our understanding of technology and um, how best to utilize it in the seasonal decor space is a significant advantage and one that we continue to leverage. Our um, our product development and engineers are um, you know best in class and have a real understanding about. Um, how to take technology and embed it into these items in unique and different ways. So that partnership with Alexa uh, and Amazon, as you referenced, was a great example of um, an opportunity they saw to create uh, a specific type of Alexa-enabled Christmas tree. 
and not seeing a lot of other people in the space that they felt comfortable enough could execute it. So, um, you know, we do that for several key retail partners, um, you know, where we do private label product, where we leverage our technology. And then on the branded side, we are continually thinking about, um, you know, our own collectible space and what that means to our business versus um, taking technology and thinking about how to utilize it um, throughout a range of, um, of collections. So, you know, it's a, it's a balancing act. And I think it's one where, um, you know, the ubiquitous nature of our brand, I think, gives us the opportunity to play and participate in both areas. And so, so what's next for Mr. Christmas, therefore, with, you know, having just done some interesting collaborations, what's on the horizon? Are you able to talk about some of the things that you're developing for, for next year? Or is it too soon? Um, well, you, you know, a, a lot of what we're developing for next year is, uh, is kind of baked in, um, you know, and will be, uh, will be finalized shortly. But, um, you know, we've established some key partnerships this year. Like I said, first of all, we are, um, continuing to think about how to leverage and build other seasonal brands. So we launched Mr. Halloween, um, last year with, with great success. And then from there have built out that program this year. And we'll, you'll see a lot more Mr. Halloween product out in the market next year. We are launching Mr. Cottontail. Mr. Liberty for the patriotic space, uh, Ms. Valentine, and several others. So we think there are opportunities to build out the stable of Mr. Christmas brands, the family of Mr. Christmas brands. Um, we are also working with key license partners where we're licensing out the Mr. Christmas brand because we have found that we think that the brand stands for, it's like a good housekeeping seal of approval for Christmas, right? Um, so we think that there are product categories where we're not going to be able to produce them um, for our key retail partners. We don't understand the market. Um, you know, we don't have the right sourcing or manufacturing, but where we think our brand makes sense, where we think that our, um, you know, nostalgic art or, um, some of our, you know, key collectible icons or elements, um, would translate into other categories, whether it's socks and hosiery or bedding or bath or, um, even food. We're excited about the food gift business. So we're looking at and have signed several key partnerships in that space. And then we're also going to look for, um, other key, uh, you know, collaboration partners like Swarovski. Where we can leverage some of our um, RIP, our you know patents, our proprietary items, combined with other existing brands out there that we think um, you know, are relevant and uh, make sense as, as partnerships and collaborations. And so, how do you see licensing as a as a mechanism? I mean, I've always felt that licensing is an incredible way to um, entangle with, as one of my uh, old friends. Um, Michael Stone on this podcast reminded us entangle with the consumer, um, and I know you have some 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 wizards on your shoulder helping you with licensing. Who we old friends of, of ours, a mutual friend of ours. Um, I think it's an incredible opportunity for any brand to be able to you know think outside of just the royalty stream, but think out about how to actually be in front of consumers. It's like free. It's like free marketing in a way. In fact, it's you're being paid to have marketing done. Um, is there a, a, a leaning in of that? You, you mentioned food. I mean, how extensive do you think licensing could be? Yeah. I mean, we, um, when we look at the, you know, the landscape, there are very few categories that don't have a seasonal specifically Christmas component. Um, you know, so every category you think of, obviously certainly now if you walk a store, you know, there, there are no departments that don't have um, a seasonal component. So the question is, you know, most of them are private label. And you know, does our brand make sense in the category? Would it add value? Do our, you know, the core um, components of our brand, be it the art we use, the icons we lean on, um, you know, the patents we have, do they add value in that category? Do they make sense? Do they translate? Um, and then are the retail partners where we're strongest and where we want our brand to be amplified, um, partners that, you know, are important to that category and would make sense. So 
we've been approached by a wide range of um, of companies, which for me really validates the value of our brand and gets us more and more excited about what we can do with it. We have signed five licensing partnerships to date and um, have a, several more that are in the process of being negotiated. I think you know for, for us certainly the royalty stream is compelling, but um, it's really more about like you said um, getting the brand out there. Um, in the consumer's mind, you know, creating a bigger presence out at retail, hopefully a cohesive presence where we can create, you know, whether it's a shop and shop or um, a wider range of products all housed together. So we're creating a bigger impact at point of sale and um, becoming more top of mind to the consumer. So as we uh, reach the, the top of our time together, um, we always end on a positive note. Uh, and as you are, Mr. Christmas, and it is Christmas time, um, why don't you give us the, the last word on things that you're uh, keen for, excited about, uh, retail in general, life in general, uh, the, the last word is yours. Oh, well, well, I mean, listen, first and foremost, obviously, we all hope that people are able to celebrate together this holiday. And we all wish everybody uh, a happy and healthy 2021. And uh, you know, hopefully being able to sit here this time next year and talk solely about business without you know the cloud that's been hanging over all of our shoulders and, uh, and heads this year. But I think you know we are um, cautiously very optimistic about uh, our future as a brand and company and um, and retail in general. I think that you know, specifically in the world we sit in the seasonal space, people have been talking all year about the fact that despite you know all the retail challenges, people will want to get together, they'll want to celebrate, they'll want to make this year um, and these holidays you know as meaningful for you know, for family as possible. And certainly we've seen that. But I think that heading into next year, you know, everything we hear is people are talking about the roaring twenties, right? And what that means, I think there's obviously um, you know a lot of work for us all to do. Um, you know, on the health front and, and economically to get there. And we hope to, um, as we continue to build out our assortment collections and brand um, throughout the year, not just Christmas, to be able to become an even more important part of what's been a really successful and hopefully happy and healthy holiday season. Evan Berkeley, the CEO of Mr. Christmas. Thank you for doing the safari. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. If you want to learn a little bit more about Traub, you can go to traub.io, where you'll learn a lot about everything that we do. If you're enjoying the safari, please do share it with your friends and colleagues within the industry. And please also don't forget to subscribe and like it. Until next time.